Welcome back to Finding Wilder, the podcast. My name is Michaela Jean, and I am so grateful you have landed here. I created this podcast as a safe space to share stories of intuitive living, spirituality, creativity, dreams coming true, miracles, and so much more. One of my greatest goals in this lifetime is to remind one another we are not alone in whatever it is we are going through. To me, finding wilder means living a life that is led from the heart and intuition. It is easy to get caught up in what or who we think the world says we should be. I'm passionate about sharing stories that prove to one another that when we find our wild, listen to our hearts, and trust in something beyond ourselves, we begin to witness miracles unfold all around us. I'm here to share experiences from my own life and the lives of those who inspire me along the way. I hope you remember how worthy you are and that your dreams can come true. Thanks for being here. Let's dive into another episode of Finding Wilder. All right, welcome back to Finding Wilder. This is episode 46. Thanks so much for being here. I am Michaela Jean, and I'm really, really excited about today's guest. Today we have Lindsay Beals. Hello. Hi. Oh my goodness, I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited you're here. All the way from China, Maine. In case you forget, I have a sign here, you know. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Well, Lindsay is the owner and founder of Soul Revival, a yoga bar and wellness studio located in central Maine. And we must say that Soul Revival just won the Morning Sentinel Reader's Choice Awards for Best Yoga Studio in central Maine. So exciting. I know. I love to hear that. Thank you. It's pretty fun. It feels like a, you know, it's a cool accomplishment being a year into business. So it's like humbling, if you will. Yeah. You just turned a year last month. Just turned a year. March 5th. Oh my goodness. Pretty wild. You have a year old business and how old is your little babe now? Um, so yeah, the year old business in Georgia will be two in June on June 5th. Oh my gosh. I know. It's wild. It is hard to wrap my head around in like the most beautiful way, but also like, wow. Yeah. Where's the time gone? How have I done this? How have she, how has she done it, people? I know it's been so fun to watch too. I mean, and your life, just where you are now. So we met, gosh, six years, six years ago. Was it 2017? I don't know. I think it was. That sounds right. I think that was what, yeah, that's, yeah, that's six years ago. That sounds about right. Yeah, I had just moved back to the seacoast and you were working at Barn Soul. I was. You were, and it was love at first sight. (laughs) Well, I think. You're like, wait, no, it wasn't. No, no, it was. It was 100%. You contacted, we were trying to collaborate. And did you, I think the first time we actually met was for the, um, gosh, what is it called at the Blue Mermaid? Well, yes, but okay. Isn't the first time we met, I was just starting my photography business. And I was like, I need to like 
have more experience. This must maybe was seven years ago. And so I just walked in bar and soul and I was like, I really love bar because I had been doing it with my mom like the prior year. And I was like, okay, there's a really good bar studio here. I was like, I need to do bar, but I need to make money. And like, I was like, I, maybe she'll do a trade with me. Yes. Is that what it was? And then yeah, you, did. you had photographed um, one of my Kenya fundraisers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then we've That's... just stayed in touch since. Yeah. And stayed connected on so many different levels. It yeah. feels like. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I just remember uh, absolutely adoring your bar classes. Well, thank you. Yeah. You just, it's no surprise to me that you have your own studio now. Thank you. I feel like it's always been in the making, but it was a matter of how, when, where, mm -hmm. here we are. Yeah. And I'm sure you like never could have predicted where you are now. Oh my gosh. No, not even close. I didn't even, I don't think. So for those of you who don't know where China, Maine is, I'm located in central Maine. Um, about 20 minutes from Waterville, 25 minutes from Augusta, if that speaks to anybody. But, um, Gosh, to me, Maine was always where my dad took us to the beaches, like Kennebunkport um, and Wells and, and that space. We used to spend a lot of time in the beach in the off seasons. So Maine was like that to me. Um, I think I got to Portland and not much farther north. So the fact that I live up here and have gone all the way to the border of Canada, um, it's, it's funny. I never, yeah, I just never thought I'd land here. It looks good on you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it feels good on me. I, you know, I love it. I love yeah. it here. So cool. Well, I want to just step back a little bit and just kind of, I want to know like how yoga and bar like originally came into your life. Oh gosh. Um, good question. It's taking me back. <laughs> In 2012, I was working at a surgical device company in Portsmouth and I, I've always been in, I've been an athlete my whole life and kind of had this fit for life mentality and got interested in getting trained in something. I didn't know what I remember looking at yoga certifications being like, I don't think I have the time and energy for such like 200 hours. That's aggressive. Um, and then I saw Pilates certification. So it was a Matt Pilates certification that was an at home program. So I embarked on that journey. And for those of you who are interested, <laughs> just kidding. I have my audition tape still on <laughs> and it is very comical. We all have to start somewhere, oh but it's really funny to watch. Um, so I started teaching Pilates at a local gym in the seacoast. Um, and it lit me the heck up. And then I started teaching classes at the office that I was working at. I would do early morning classes and lunchtime classes and, I had a really wonderful job at the time in sales training, um, working, just a really great opportunity. I won't give you all the details, but I would come back from teaching a class and my boss looked at me and she's like, you know, you don't smile like that in your day to day here at the office. Like you do coming back from teaching, I'm like, huh, kind of planted the seed. Um, and then I took a bar class. It was in Rye. I don't think this, maybe the studio is still around. I don't even remember what it's the name of the studio. And I went with two friends and we were giggling the whole time. I mean, it was comical and fun as heck. Um, so that kind of lit the fire of bar for me. And then I got trained there soon thereafter 
I want to say it was in 2013, um, at a studio in Newburyport. And then I saw an ad on Facebook. This is like a long journey, but it's been over, it's been like 11 years. So, um, I saw an ad on Facebook at the time that there was a bar studio coming to Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And so I'm like, well, guess what? I just got certified. How great. And I ended up going through the training program with them. So I've been, um, really well trained, well versed in the bar, um, modality and I ended up managing that studio that had opened in Portsmouth in 2014. Gosh. And then I dove into yoga, my teacher training in 2016. So it's been quite a ride. I didn't plan on teaching yoga. Um, I did it for my own practice and to heal, um, from some heavy grief and a broken heart. And of course things changed along the training and here I am teaching. Um, that's a like reader's digest version of the journey, how I got into all this. Yeah. And then what was that like knowing for you about like having your own space? I think, gosh, I wish I could like pinpoint the day that I knew I needed my own space, but I think the opportunity that I was in when I was in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, um, the community, I hate to say that I cultivated because I think the community happened organically, but I think it's all based on energy that I was giving out and the energy others were putting in. Um, knowing that community sense was driven by my passion and all that I put into that space I was like, I think I could do this someday. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I didn't know when that was going to be. I didn't think I was um, capable or really worthy at that time. So it took, took a lot to get here, but yeah, I think to know that I could cultivate something that I was super passionate about was pretty empowering. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to touch back on like the yoga piece and mm-hmm. welcoming that into your life. Was there a catalyst for that? Yeah, I mean, I've been practicing yoga for a long time. I mean, a long, long time, but I... <laughs> Goodness, when I lived in San Diego in... 2009 to 10 I used to work at La Jolla Yoga Center and I did trade so I would go work the front desk in exchange for classes I wish that I could look at the lineup of teachers and opportunities I had then because at the point that point I didn't I I didn't appreciate it I think I kind of took it for granted um I was inhaling while they're exhaling and then at the end of class we're in shavasana I'm like I don't have time for a nap I'm gonna scoot you know um, but if only I could, if only I could go back to that space and um, see it all with a different lens. But um, running, managing the studio that I was managing, I took a lot of yoga classes, but I wasn't interested in teaching. It just wasn't really in my wheelhouse. Um, and then my father passed away unexpectedly in 2015 at the end of the year. Um, I have a cat who might make an appearance. Hopefully, that's welcome. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I decided to, I wanted to dive in and I wasn't, yep, here she is. <laughs> Hi, Penelope. Excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> Anytime you pull out a laptop, she's like all business, you yeah. know, she wants to be, be part of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I decided to dive into my yoga teacher training in 2016 and I did it through the, the studio that I was managing. So I was commuting quite a bit um, down to Massachusetts at the other locations they have. Um, I chose 
after my dad passed, I had like, in my head, I had two paths to go down. I could go down this like dark path and turn to probably things I didn't, that weren't in align with who I am or go to some deep healing space. So I began my meditation journey. I started to really take a deep dive into my movement practice and said, okay, I keep hearing about how um, yoga teacher training will crack me open. I think maybe now's the time. So I jumped in and I almost was a yoga school dropout, Mm. but I decided to stick with it. It was like the final month I was about to bail because I was just, I had too much going on and I stuck with it and I'm so glad I did. So glad I did. Yeah, me too. What was that like? that moment because I know we all have moments like that you know where you're literally at the fork in a road and you're like I can go this way or I can go this way and uh, like what helped you choose like one way or the other because sometimes it's like one feels easier in the moment (laughs) but you also might know that like deep within you like this other path might be harder now but down the road, I'm going to be so grateful that I took it. Did you have like a moment like that? I think that the spirituality piece of yoga landed with me and I've always had a connection to a higher power, if you will. Um, I think I've always had it in me and I didn't know how to channel that. I've seen one of my favorite, favorite yoga teachers of all time, um, Elizabeth, who owns Portland Yoga Project now um, in Portland, Maine. But she, I always admired the way she, even when she taught her bar classes or um, the way she teaches her yoga classes, the way she speaks and shares her little wisdom, nuggets of wisdom. Um, I was like, gosh, I want to be able to do that someday, but I haven't tapped into that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of going on a tangent, but I, I, it's, it'll come back around. I didn't know what vulnerability was until my dad passed away. In fact, I thought it was a weakness. Um, And so I decided, I think in that process of healing, I took two weeks off from work. I, um, yeah, I kind of just, I had to sit with it all. I didn't know my dad was my homeboy. He was everything to me. He taught me to pause and appreciate the beauty around me um, to enjoy truly every moment, how to bring joy into the mundane. I would call him for a seemingly small moment to celebrate in life. And it was a huge accomplishment to him that we could share together and not everybody. can. I can't connect with everybody on that way. Um, so to lose him, I lost a really big part of me and I'm like, how do I put these pieces back together? Um, and try to adapt. So I think knowing all that he taught me, he was a spiritual man and a man in recovery. Um, I think it was like time to put all that stuff, all the lessons he taught me, how to put them to use. It's like, okay, he gave me everything he had. My brothers and I say this often. It's like, he gave us the tools. He wouldn't have left this world if he hadn't given us everything. So now it's like, how to, how does Lindsay put this to use and apply it? So I think I tried to channel that. Um, and again, I didn't want to teach yoga. I was like, 
no thanks, but <laughs> it was a way for me to really take a, a deep dive in and, um, yeah, boy, did it open the floodgates, but so I don't know if there was like, I guess it was just, yeah, the realization that like, okay, he's, he gave me these tools. Now, what do I do with this? And then I think along the path I was led down or that I chose, I was given little pieces like a treasure hunt of like, okay, I am on the right path. Things I found of my father's that, you know, reassured or validated the the choice. So. Yeah, that's beautiful. I know I, I didn't know your dad, but every time you've ever talked about him, it's like over the years, like I get full body chills and it's just like, again, I didn't know him, but there's this like sweeping of joy that just like, like a breeze that like comes through and it is just like, so it's so beautiful. Um, death is one of the like wildest journeys of like the human experience and beyond. And I I heard this, I'm not going to say the quote because I'm going to get it totally wrong, but it was something about how some people are meant to like teach us lessons, like, here with us on earth and some people have lessons for us that we can't actually learn until they're no longer like physically here with us yeah and that's I was thinking about that (laughs) as you were talking about like you know he gave you everything that he had and then it was like setting you up for that treasure hunt of now now you do it yeah let's see you do it yeah like that faith that he gave me confidence and hope and it was like a little silver lining I think I needed even if I wasn't entirely convinced of I'm like yeah this makes sense (laughs) like the only way he would have gone you know yeah yeah that's it's a beautiful ride that you've been on a hard one and a beautiful one yeah and I you know I there have been points where I get sick of myself saying like oh it all comes back to when my dad passed but it is that's like the most pivotal moment of my life where I got to really dive in and for goodness sakes, I have his handwriting tattooed on my arm that says, remember who you are. Something he said to me every time I, he dropped me off at a sleepover or a school dance or basketball practice, um, and all the way up until the day he passed. And so it's like moments to remember who, who, who you are. Right. So that kept me kind of, I guess, on the path. Um, Yeah. He was a wise man, that one. <laughs> but, you, oh, I was saying, I'm like, why does it keep coming back to that? Because it was so pivotal. And so yeah. it's like you got choices. Like I said, I can heal one way or I can heal another way. And the path I chose ended up working out. So mm-hmm. do you have <laughs> moments um, that maybe you believe he's giving you still, like signs where you just like know, like, that you're on the right path. Yeah, I do. Well, especially, so he comes through in the wind. So the fact that you said you feel this like breeze. Oh, I know. And as you spoke, it's pretty windy here. I have a window open that just like kind of came in and it's, it's those friendly little reminders. I think it, and it's not as, um, I feel like sometimes I have shame around saying this sentence, but I'm going to say it anyway. So it's not as heavy now as it was. Um, and not that the grief or the pain has changed or has gone away, but it's shifted in, um, in a way that I'm proud of, if that makes any sense. But 
yeah, those moments I get to smile and hmm, felt him here and felt him through you there. And yeah, I think that he just keeps, he's, he's with me always, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back to this cracking open that he facilitated (laughs) (laughs) in so many ways. And that led you to this yoga. Um, Yeah, I'm just seeing like a cracking open, like a heart cracking open, like a rock cracking open, like your whole life just like cracking open in so many different ways. And I also wonder just I'm to bring it back to the you teaching bar and like teaching Pilates, but not being quote unquote ready to teach yoga. I wonder if you felt this because bar is a little bit more like, it's a little more upbeat, right? It's faster. Like you're moving more like yoga is the slowing down and Mm. feeling. And I wonder if you've thought about like, maybe you just weren't ready for the slowing down yet. You know, that's why it was so easy and joyful to like do the, the bar and like to move faster and like, to, to teach in that way, but having to like slow down and really crack yourself open. And again, coming back to that vulnerability and you thinking maybe it was a weakness and then going through this cracking open and seeing that vulnerability is actually such a courageous thing to do. Yeah. It's yeah. I think you nailed it. And I don't even know if I've heard it in those terms or thought of it in that way of like, I wasn't ready to slow down yet. Um, I mean, gosh, when I was in San Diego and I didn't have time for a, for a Shavasana, I'm like, that's why I show up now on my mat. I'm like, I'm here for Shavasana. I know that's a, like, they make shirts and say that. So it's funny that the way things can shift, but, um, yeah, I I definitely don't think I was ready, but to look at it now, I'm like, oh, that's really been in me all along. And that's where I thrive. I mean, gosh, I could teach bar with my eyes closed, no music and the lights off, you know, like in my sleep, but I think there's this, the deeper sense of spirituality or like piece of me, I get to share a little bit more of in a yoga practice. Um, yeah, but I, I think you, you nailed that. I wasn't ready yet. Hmm. It was all unfolding as it should. Right. Whew, always. <laughs> always. Yeah. It's funny too, to like, think back on like the San Diego and even like working in like the yoga environment. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you look back and you see like, we have to be ready, right? Like we have to be the one to, I mean, we, we choose, but like life is also facilitated for us in a lot of ways. Yeah. And to kind of look back and see like those little, I don't know, like little hints of like what your future was going to be like. Right. Through. Yeah. idea then I I showed up there (laughs) I'd ride my bike I think it was five miles away so it was a 10 mile round trip and go work the desk and then take a class and I was like really there for like wow I'm gonna be in awesome shape yeah (laughs) I didn't care about the fact that I you know I don't know it was such an interesting perspective now what is your perspective I want to hug that version of Lindsay and be like oh it's okay honey yeah yeah now my perspective is gosh, my practice has changed so much over the years, especially in the last um, four years since I left New Hampshire. Can you believe it's been that long? Um, And so my 
personal practice has changed and my teaching style has changed. So I think now I approach the practice in a softer way Mm -hmm. um, and really offer like a lot more in the practice, like more modifications, more space in the practice, more intentionality through the movement and really being mindful. Mm. I think that's always been there, but I just, I move differently. Um, and so I just want people to find a movement that empowers them. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think part of that has to do with becoming a mom? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that I was like, I think a lot's changed. Um, but I, my whole approach to exercise has changed too. I think, I feel like it was a Lindsay from 2000 and even 19, because I moved to Maine in in the summer of 2019. Um, I had finally let go. I had so many, I always picture myself holding these like dog leashes, like I'm walking 10 dogs or something. And I have the tightest grip on these damn dog leashes that if one slipped out of my hands, like, oh gosh, I'm going to lose control of it all. Mm. Turns out I wasn't in control at all. Um, but I kept the death grip on everything that I was eating, the way I moved my body. Um, a lot of it driven by ego. I don't come from that place anymore. I was really hard on my body. Um, thinking I was benefiting my body. So I don't move like that anymore. So I don't approach my practice about, um, about how my body looks. It's the way my body feels. And I think in the past I said those words and I didn't really feel that. And now ah, it's such a relief. So I think that was like a really big shift for me. There's been a lot of lessons in the last four years, but, um, so yeah, I think just moving, letting go, and then having a child and relocating and not having a space to practice or it have as much consistency. I think it's just all shifted. Yeah. Mm. What really shifted for that like mindset about the body? Because like you said, it's easy to say that. Right. But to have that, right. it's easy to say yeah, I want to feel good. It's not, it's about feeling good, not looking a certain way, you know, but like, where was that shift to like really have that click for going to be like, Oh, now I can exhale into this. Cause I feel this to be true. Oh, exhale into this. Totally. Um, I have to, I gotta acknowledge my honey. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband, Devin, he, um, well, first of all, he's an incredible human being, but he has been an instrumental player in all of this because I I feel like when he and I landed together, I, it was the breath of fresh air I needed. It was like a true loving me for me. We started dating when we were 16 years old. Our, we were each other's first loves. And I feel like the second we got reconnected, it was like, the, the walls actually came down. So I, I think <laughs> he and I were talking about this recently. I viewed myself as the most open-minded individual in my past life. And he tells me, yeah, only if people agreed with you. I'm like, yeah, 100%. And it was my way, but I'm so open-minded. Um, 
And so <laughs> I don't want to go like too far on the tangent there. Nellie's trying to make another appearance. Um, so I think like I could really expose like Lindsay. I hadn't really done that in I don't even know how long. But do you have like, do you have longstanding friendships or relationships in your life where you're like you can't um, replicate that knowing someone that long? You know, knowing someone when you're teenagers or or um, even middle school or elementary school, like those people know parts of you that others don't. You know what I mean? Do you have connections like that? I'm like actually sitting here like dang, I don't know if I do right now, but like I, I'm someone who's changed a lot in my life. Well, changed in the sense of have come back to who I am because I think similarly to you, I was, I was like internally laughing when you were like, you're so open-minded, but like only when people agree with you. Oh my gosh, that was me for like so much of my life. And probably over the last couple of years, like really coming out of that. But I'm just like, as you're saying that, I'm like, dang, like, I don't, I was almost just like saying a silent prayer. I was like, please send me someone like that. Because like, (laughs) other than like my parents and my like brother, I don't really like have a ton of like close friends anymore from being like a teenager. Yeah. And uh, I'm, yeah, I was getting like so like into like what you were just saying because I was like, wow, like I want to know what that feels like. Yeah. I think it's, I have, I'm still close with um, several, but like a small handful of my my high school girlfriends. And that meant we grew up together probably through middle school, elementary school rather. and when we're all together, I'm always like, God, there's nothing like your hometown homies. Cause this, I, there's a side of me that comes out. That's like, I was the class clown. I was the team clown. Like I entertained everyone all the time. So now to look at like what I do for a living, I feel like I'm an entertainer up there. You know, I always like to bring humor into the heaviness of practice. Cause it doesn't need to be so heavy. Um, and there's like a lot, there was a lot of celebration, a lot of like, I was care friggin free 99% of the time. Um, I think that, and I knew myself better than I think I give myself credit for fast forward to this. I don't know my time in my twenties thinking, you know, you have, (laughs) you knew it all. Um, and how much I lost myself. And I tried to like, button things up and I wanted my life to look a certain way on the outside and it didn't match how I felt here. I wanted to like rip that off and be like, Oh my God. And just like run around like this wild woman I was, um, growing up. And I think Devin, like the second we reconnected, I was like, have you seen the movie hook? No. William. you haven't this, okay this is becoming a theme people ask me on the podcast if I've seen a movie and I'm like so embarrassed that I haven't <laughs> write, write, it down. write it down so you have to see it um it's so old and Robin Williams is Peter Pan and okay. it's this wonderful movie but there's a little boy who ends up grabbing Robin Williams face and he's like just playing with it and he's like there you are Peter mm. like he's finding himself again mm-hmm. and so that's I like think of that when I see 
when I think of my relationship with Devin and me coming home to myself, mm-hmm. it was like the grand coming home. Oof. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So I don't even know what the heck you asked me to get me down, down this path, but um, I'm all fired up right now because <laughs> it's, I just feel like my most authentic version of me yet because I was, oh, we were talking about like having the grip and like being able to let go and the shift I had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think having him in my life helped to remember who I really was. And it was like, not about the way my body looked and it's not about, um, I feel like I healed more of my gut issues and all this stuff by letting go, you know, all the things. So I have to thank him for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I feel like it's like this oozing sense of like safety. Yeah, there is, there is a sense of safety. There's a sense of like, obviously it's all come with like its own challenges, but a lot of joy and a lot of like beauty. Um, but yeah, safety, um, in a different level that layer level that I've ever felt in my life. Mm. So interesting. Okay. So you were 16 year old Lindsay and Devin (laughs) and then, uh, then what happened? What from he and I? Yeah. Um, like you want the story? We you want, want the deets? Let's get the deets. Yeah, we want to know because you you reconnected in your in just the last five years. It'll be, it'll be four years. Four years. Oh, March thirtieth, we reconnected. March thirtieth, twenty nineteen. Four years ago, we got coffee. Okay. Catching up as old friends. Quote unquote. Little. She says. Quote, little unquote. we know catching up What's as that? old friends. I was like, she said, quote unquote, catching up as old friends. Yeah. Because you, you went your own ways at, at 16. At 16. Yeah. 17, I guess at that point. Yep. So, so we, met, we met at a campground in New Hampshire when we were 16, the summer before going into our senior year. Um, he and I, it was like legitimately love at first sight, just like you, Michaela. Thank you. And I have um, my, I still have my diary of the day that I met him. It was July 10th, 2004. The only reason I remember that is because I was so madly in love with this man, young boy at the time. Um, Anyway, I kept this little diary and all the big feelings around that. But he and I instantly connected. It was like, whoa, drawn to each other, like holding hands under the table while our friends played poker, walking under the stars and, you know, all sorts of lovey-dovey things. Um, We started dating. He was in Merrimack, New Hampshire, and I was in Litchfield the river separated us. There was no bridge at the time to connect the two, but he would drive 45 minutes all the way around, come pick me up and we would go do all the things together. And it was just like really deep bond. I don't, I don't know what connected us at that point, but it was humor and um, just fun, just good old fashioned fun. Like he made me feel alive. And then in the middle of our time together, it was a couple few months maybe in, um, he experienced some, some, I won't share his story because it's not my sh- story to share, but if he were here, he'd tell you. Um, but he had some, some pretty traumatic things happen to him and in, in his school system and his family decided to pull him out of the school system and they homeschooled him the rest of the semester. And then they moved up to Winslow, Maine, which is 20 minutes from where we are now. So in teenage fashion, I mean, gosh, a three hour drive isn't really going to work for us. So we parted ways and he was my first love and first heartbreak and it was awful um 
Yeah. And then he came to UNH my, for my freshman year. So in 2005, he came to visit me. We saw our favorite comedian and we still had this draw, like, holy smokes. It was so deep. And I remember the day he left, it's like a movie scene. Like it was raining. <laughs> and I don't think I'm making up the rain. If I am, it really adds to the story. But um, <laughs> I rem- I do remember we were outside of his car and we're hugging and we could not pull apart. And then I finally like turn and walk away. And at the same time we turned back, we did the <laughs> look back and he's crying and I'm crying and all. Oh. Oh. So then he called me and we, he was like, I'm transferring to UNH. And I told him I loved him. And actually what I said was, I'm not sure I know what love is, but I, this is like, you're the closest thing I've ever felt to it kind of thing. And he didn't come to UNH and that's okay. I don't blame him. Um, so that was 2005. And then in 2011, we saw each other. We always stayed in touch over the years, texts here and there. We saw each other after I moved home from San Diego, same thing, came to visit for the weekend, this draw, this pull, and it wasn't the right time. Um, and then I remember the day I texted him in 2019, I came across a picture of him in my basement and I was like, oh my God, I haven't talked to Devin in so long. Um, and so I shot him a text and then we scheduled the time to get coffee and I was, I was married at the time and we got coffee just, you know, to catch up. And I wanted to share something with him. Actually, I, this is important for me to share with you. My dad was a spiritual man. And so I said, dad, why would God bring him into my life? This was 16 year old me. Why would God bring him into my life if he was just going to rip him away? I'm like, riddle me that, you know? And he said to show you someone like him exists and you never settle for less. And that has stuck with me, Michaela. My like clearly, I still remember verbatim. Like stuck with me so much, and I lived by that. Anyone I dated, and the man that I married in a, in my past life, like I stand true to all of that. Um, but I felt like I needed to see Devin to tell him that. I was in a place where I wanted people to know that they've made an impact in my life, and I. So I chose to go get coffee with him, um, and a two-hour coffee date turned into let's go walk the beach together. It was the beach I spread my dad's ashes at. And we walked the beach for two hours and I told him what my dad said and he just stopped in his tracks. And then he's like, do you want to go get lunch? And we got lunch for two hours. And it just was like, we, same thing. We couldn't pull ourselves apart. And it was the most inconvenient timing of my life, but it was the right time. So I couldn't fight that anymore. And here we are. That's one of my favorite stories. <laughs> Me too. Me too. But the thing, you know, and I try not to, I've done a lot of healing and a lot of work around this of not feeling bad or shameful that, I mean, I hurt some people along the way. Yeah. I hurt myself. I hurt a lot of people along the way. And I think if I could, you know, make amends, I would do that. And, but I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change anything. I hate to say that, but I stand by that because I think it all just unfolded the way it, was supposed to yeah I've heard in different ways before that people I've heard people say in different ways you know when you if you're out of alignment with your mm-hmm. genius right for example and you leave for example you work at uh you bartend you know out of this is gonna come full circle but you bartend, <laughs> you bartend, and you are, when you started that, you were in your genius, right? Like there were some skills that you needed to learn in that job, but then you hit a point and you know that that job is not serving you anymore. And you want to be 
a yoga teacher. But you stay in that job as a bartender because it's safe and it's comfortable and it's it's easier to not hurt people and to just stay, right? But if you stay, you're doing yourself a disservice to the person who needs to be in that bartending job next. And you're doing a disservice to yourself because you're not going into your your next new genius, you know, the next space that you are meant to be. So when we move on from and leave situations that are no longer our quote unquote genius, we're no longer meant to be the bartender anymore, then we leave that spot and we open it up for the person who needs to be in that spot next. And that's that's what I think of in moments like this because it's so it's so hard to be the person to rip apart something that's a good thing. You mm. know? It's hard. It's, it's so hard. It's, but when you have like that knowing within you that is like, no, but there's something more aligned for me and you. Yeah. And you and you and you. Because we're just like little, sometimes I see us as just like little like, I don't know, little just like characters moving around earth. And it's like, and I move here so you can move here. And then you move there so you can move there. And we don't always see it in the moment. It's usually impossible to see it in the moment. Right. But in time, it it really, it makes sense for most people, you know? People can find their quote unquote genius. I love the way you said that. I want to like bottle it up and put it in my pocket. <laughs> it's, well, it's brilliant and it's relatable and it's, I find it to be true. And it's funny because I, I saw this coming. I saw this coming and we can, we can look back um, in 2013 by some something that I said I remember the day so vividly of how how I'd end up where I am somehow. I didn't think it would be with Devin. If you told me that, I'd been like, really? Okay, tell me where and when. Oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> little me geeking out. But, but I knew I made comments to people in my past life about that. It's like, I know this is going to happen, and I know this is going to happen, and it's not going to be with the people I'm with now. Um, so it's like, I saw it unfolding and I think I just kind of decided, like you said, it's uncomfortable to make that shift. So I didn't want to ruffle too many feathers. I'm like, I'll just stay the course. I'll stay the course. Mm -hmm. I don't want to upset anybody or yeah, but it was time. It was, I, I felt this little version of me living inside of me, like screaming. I can picture her still a little Lindsay, like it's me now, but just shrunk into this character. And I was like, I meant for more, I meant for bigger in every capacity. And I was trying to force someone else down the path I was going. And that's so not fair. Mm-hmm. You gotta, I had to let it go. That was like the last leash I was hanging on to in my dog leash yeah. analogy. <laughs> yeah. That's a great analogy. Yeah. I, yeah, I really love that. I'm just like sitting with that. And it's like, it's almost like you're letting, you're letting different people and these different experiences pull you around. Mm, and yeah. at the same time, you're trying to control them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you just picture someone with like all these dogs and just like getting run ragged. I was running ragged. Yeah. Oh, I was, It's it was overwhelming in every capacity, every layer, work, home life, 
my soul, you know, all of it. And I was like, I got to find a way to come into alignment. And boy, oh boy, was I seeking outside validation for that in mm. uh, every way. I was like, can someone tell me I'm on the right path? Meanwhile, I had the answers, you know, in me all along. Just took a few years to figure that out. Yeah, what, do you have a piece of advice for somebody in a similar place where it's like, you know, but you don't know how? Mm. The word trust comes to me always. Um, I feel like, I feel like you know the answer. Like, okay, if someone, <laughs> I always tell people to flip a coin. There mm. it is. There's my advice. Flip a coin. And it sounds so seemingly simple. People still reach out to this day about this because let's say we're going out to the dinner. You and I are trying to pick, do you want to go get pizza or burgers? We'll flip a coin. Heads is pizza, tails is burgers. We flip the coin and it landed on tails. And you're like, shit, I wanted pizza. That's your answer. Yeah. You wanted pizza all along. Like, why am I letting the coin decide? Yeah. I love that. So, you know, do we <laughs> boil big life decisions down to the coin? Maybe. But if anything, it could be an exercise in like your left hand, right hand journaling exercise. It can be another tool. It's like, I'm just going to see how my gut reacts the moment that coin lands. Um, I was working with a, a med- an intuitive medium in Portland, Maine at that point. I was like, I'm like, give me all the answers right now. Like, just tell me. And, but basically what was happening is I was getting hit in the head with cosmic two by fours, as she was calling it. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't like waking up to it and trusting myself. She's like, you have this neon sign above you that says trust. I'm like, yeah, but why aren't I trusting myself? Because I was worried about what everyone was going to think. And damn, is that exhausting? Mm-hmm. I just want to wrap Lindsay in a hug. I'm going to do that. Do it right now. Yeah. 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 Oh, you know? Yeah. It's, she's still there, you know, little Lindsay. Yeah. She's been, she's there the whole time. And it's funny how those like little versions of us, like, know. And I'm just like picturing kind of like the neon sign, just like those little versions of ourselves are just like in us, just like, shooting off fireworks and like banging on the inside they're like hello wake up (laughs) yeah but we it as adults sometimes it's so easy to just like you said try to stay the course and to like appease everyone around you yeah because we think that like that is safety but it's like a false sense of safety 100 percent false sense of safety And you know, too, when you talk to yourself about that, you're like, I know, but I can't. What do I do with it? Mm -hmm. There was a point in time I felt so freaking lost. Um, I want to say it was 2017. And I'm looking at my tattoo that says, remember who you are. And I'm looking down. I'm like, but I don't know anymore. You know, I felt so because those the leashes had me running so ragged. And um, I remember being like, "Okay, yes, I do. I remember. Stay the course. It's like be good. And do good. You know, like, so I kind of just kept on that path, but I didn't even believe myself. I genuinely didn't. I was just like, yeah, be good. Okay. Um, and then I can't remember what year it was. I think it was 2019 when I really shook it up a bit. Um, when I'm like, cut the shit, Lindsay. No. And I heard my dad like come in and he was like, you're courageous. You're fierce. He used to call me a little firecracker. Mm. And when I played basketball, I was a peanut. I was tiny, tiny. And he was like, 
you know, he always told us to play defense like a junkyard dog. And so I just like pictured that and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be good. I mean, I want to do good in the world and be a good human, but I, I was like, say the course isn't really in my path. Um, it, I, I blazed the trail, man, and run around like a junkyard dog, you know? So, or like, he also said, like, your hair's on fire. He's like, run around like your hair's on fire. You get that ball. Mm. And so it's like, all of a sudden, those words came to me like, oh, yeah, jump. Yeah. So I jumped. That hair on fire, it makes me feel like, like, it's okay to run around and seem like you are a little chaotic you know it's okay to like look like that it's okay to look a little crazy but like would you rather look a little crazy and like make your own path and like feel like happy like genuine like happiness and like joy to like be blazing that trail or would you rather stay the course and stay on the path that everyone else is walking in that like I almost just picture just like this like tight just like wearing a tight suit just like walking walking straight and you know like pretending the, to play the part right but yeah like holding all of that like inner tor- turmoil it's like we can hold the inner turmoil like inside and like look like we're playing the part right or we can just like go for it right I went for it but I really for years didn't go for it. And I, I lost a, a lot. Actually, I feel like, you know, the book journey to the heart, Melody Beattie. Do you know that book? Yeah. It's a, daily, it's a daily book. Um, yeah. When I was in, I was in Kenya, um, which I also thought Kenya had the answers. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to get off the plane and I'm going to know. And I'm like, turns out Kenya doesn't have the answers, but I was on my yoga mat and they read from the journey to the heart book every day. And it was this reading about, I don't even remember the full message, but I remember hearing it took her year or it took me years to realize that. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, so how can it take you re- years to realize something? I'm saying this all in my head. Meanwhile, in this experience, I was volunteering, teaching yoga. I was, people were having breakthroughs and breakdowns every day. And I'm like, when's going to, when's my day? When's my day? Mm. And I hear this message and I'm like, how does it take someone years to figure something out? And of course, that was what I, I'm like, oh my God, it's me. I'm taking years to figure this out. And that was my big breakdown day, my big breakthrough. I was like, oh my God. I was a puddle of tears and just like more of that cracking open. Um, and then it's like, okay, now what do I do with this? So I made big shifts then, but then it was to just keep tapping into that. Mm. Yeah. That's big. We- the medicine can be like right in front of us sometimes. And yeah, we need the, we always, I, we always pick the right card or we know we always open to the right book page. No accidents. Well, I exactly hundred percent. And it's like, and they read from that every day and it is a daily book. So it was dated, but I didn't look, I didn't know the date. I was like, so not paying attention. So I ordered that book when I got home and I'm like, I'm not going to search for it. I'm just going to someday stumble upon it and be like, oh, look at me now. And I, it is a, uh, I think it's March 26th. Now I remembered, you know, I started and stuff, but it's like, huh, oh, if we're open, I think being open is huge. Um, living with eyes and heart wide open, we can be open to receiving, right? Whatever's, whether we pull a card or 
I love that you said the medicine's right in front of us. Yeah. Maybe think of our daughter who, you know, when she's fighting the nap, I'm like, if you just close your eyes, you're going to feel so much better. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Trust us. (laughs) Trust. You're like whispering in her ear. Trust. Yeah. Trust. Trust. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh my gosh. Okay. So 2019 happens and, you know, a big shift has to happen. Lots of letting go, like more grief, but also just like more letting in. Um, and things happen pretty fast after that. Like, what was this level of like surrender that happened in that moment also? You have these moments where a big change happens, but it's like everything changes. It's like where you live, like ev- like everything. Like what was what was that like and like did you feel like this momentum and was there a level of like surrender because like you left Portsmouth and yeah what happened it was yeah I like spared no expense in the fact that I just changed everything it was like a full overhaul of my life I think one thing I want to make note of is I think in the past when I tried to do these shake things up um I was running like I was Mm running away from something and this was the conscious decision of like it's time um i i did everything i could possibly do in portsmouth new hampshire and the seacoast of new hampshire it was like okay like my time here is done let's pull me out of the bartending job we'll plug someone else back in right it's like time for me to move on so i slowly like i i moved out of stratum new hampshire I moved to a little bungalow on the beach for a little while um, to save to save face. Honestly, um, if I can be like transparent, I was saving face. I wanted my family and some of my friends who I was so ashamed to share details with that <clears throat> I had a little I had a home to call my own. I was really all my stuff was stored at Devon where Devon was living in um, Hollis, Maine, and. Um, yeah, so then I moved to Hollis, Maine, which is, um, it was an hour from Portsmouth. And I lived with him and his best friend, Charlie. And so, gosh, to go from, like, being married and having my own, like, I owned a home and had an animal, like, then to go, I felt a little bit moving backwards. I'm like, I have a boyfriend and a roommate now. I'm like, what the fuck, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And it was okay. I just I was like, like you said, surrender. I'm like, I'm here for it all. I chose this life. Um And so that meant like letting go. I felt like I was just living again. I had a lot of judgment, a lot of fear still surrounding it, but I was like, I know that this is right for me. And I don't think everyone agrees with me, but I need to trust myself because I'm done not trusting myself. Um, So yeah, then he, Devin and I bought a house in China, Maine in January of 2020. And then the world shut down in March of 2020. So then we got like, wow, almost this, like we moved at the perfect time in every sense of the word and we're tucked in this tucked in the woods here and it's wonderful space to be but it was also like a little bit shocking like wow we don't even like we don't even know the area yet we don't have friends the connections other than his family um i at that point i pulled myself off of social media because i felt like i was looking back at a life i willingly walked away from with like just wasn't my i wasn't vibing there anymore And a lot was like going on pandemic wise. And I'm like, I don't need to be like in the fear of it. So I just shut that all out. So I got like the freshest start I could find. I was like, I'm in a new state. 
entirely different relationship. I left my job. So new job, everything, everything was brand new and it was scary, but it was just right. And I swear to God, Michaela, I was like living my best life in 2020 when the, I know a lot of people didn't get that same experience in that year, but I was like young, wild and free. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, we got pregnant in 2020 in the fall. Um, and got engaged at the end of that year. And we got married. I think you might have been there. Oh, was I there? <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, and it's like, got married. I had, I gave birth to Georgia in Jan, June of t- 2021. And then I'm on maternity leave with her. And I'm like, I'm opening a studio. It's like, I did, like, we just kind of, we did things not non-traditionally, if you will. It was like that big surrender. I don't even know like how I got through it. If I can be honest, like I remember getting some crap from some folks who was like, you just pretend like your old life never happened. I'm like, you have no idea the work that I do on the daily to heal, but I wasn't about to let go of this life that I have now just to like give myself space. I gave myself space and I was allowed to do this, you know? Yeah. So yeah. It's like, you know, we, we allow our, our perception to become our, our reality. And I think there's a way to do that without creating like a, without just like pretending things didn't happen, you know, just because I think that that's the thing with social media, especially, right? Like just because you're not sharing about all the work you do every day to heal on social media, or just because you aren't necessarily sharing it with anybody but yourself, doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And we kind of live in a world where, you know, if you're not proving to the world that like, you still feel sad about something, or you're still heartbroken about something, or you still feel so bad about something, like, just because you're not constantly sharing about it doesn't mean it's not there. And you can heal and grow at the same time. Yes. And you can let I, go and let in at the same time. Yes. And I like that lands so strongly with me because when I let go, I was just like testing a month out from not being on social media, but I was like, I need to like, whoa, I just really like did an overhaul and my whole world shifted again. Cause I was like, wow, I'm taking a photo to take a picture from memory, not to post it. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, it was like everything shifted the way I approached every part of my life, I guess. But I think, you know, I've since gone back on social media because I own a business and I have like, I really treaded lightly. I was like Instagram only F Facebook. And, and now like, pulling myself, I had, you know, for the sake of the business had to open up that account. And I'm like, truly in a place of like, oh, I actually enjoy social media because I can actually connect with people. And I'm not trying to put on the show of let's make sure this is at the perfect angle. Sure. There's still some of those moments. Let's be real. We're humans, but like, it's not about the show anymore. It's like, I'm here authentically, wholeheartedly. I'm here take it or leave it. 
Yeah. Um, but I think in that time I was able to, to heal, to do my work, my daily meditations, my journaling therapy, um, deep conversations, and then connecting to people that I really wanted to stay connected to. Like you and I make a conscious effort, even if it's every couple months, few months, it's like, just thinking of you, like those are the relationships I want not for, not to like slide into someone's DM and say, Hey, I haven't seen pictures of you and so-and-so lately. Is everything okay? It's like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like, yeah. What's um, your intention with that question anyway? Yeah, I've gotten some of them like, you know, whatever, I don't care. I'm not going to hide anymore, but, uh, yeah. It's like, yeah, I just, I think that you just nailed it. It's like living. So I live intentionally now, um, in all, all the ways. Yeah. Feels good. Mm. I have hard days. I mean, I don't mean to sound like it's like all freaking rainbows and butterflies. This is not being a parent has been life changing in and of itself. So, um, Yeah. yeah. How's that been? Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lindsay never wanted to be a mom. Mm -hmm. So, and I say that because I I didn't want children and Devin didn't want children. And then when we came together, we're like, you want to start a family? It was like shocking for the two of us. Like, Mm -hmm. whoa, Mm -hmm. who who are we? Um, I just think you find the right person or the right um, connection and that everything can change in an instant. Um, But I want Georgia, who was named after my dad, George. Mm -hmm. Um, I want her to always know that, like, we wanted her, even though we never wanted a family until we found each other. But it's been the most rewarding, joyful, and challenging experience of our lives. Mm -hmm. And it's been, like, I think a lot of, like, stirring up of old stuff, like childhood stuff or, um, like, unattended wounds that I thought like I dealt with those and it's like, Oh no, here it is again, you know? Um, but I think that's kind of a cool opportunity, something I never even thought would come up. Um, yeah, but it's been beautiful. She's such a friggin' light. It's so fun. Well, the thing she's doing, we like look at each other and laugh. We're like, I didn't know it was going to be this fun, you know, <laughs> Watching discover life and we created this human and yeah, it's pretty special. What's one of the most like potent lessons she's taught you so far? Oof, um, I guess I, I feel like this is cliche, but like patience comes to mind. I find myself to be a patient individual. And then there's moments of like, you're like really tested. Um, I think another big one is to like, I get to break and Devin gets to break um, the mold in our family histories or like, I don't like Georgia doesn't have to just be daddy's girl. She can be my girl too. Mm. So to like let that in and love in a bigger way. I think that's Mm. been big too. That's beautiful. Yeah. She's special. She's so special. And I feel like she's like our greatest accomplishment. Like Devin's my greatest gift because it weren't for him. Like we wouldn't even have her and she's our greatest accomplishment. It's like, wow, yeah. we made a human. Oh. <laughs> she's pretty spectacular. I love that. Okay. So greatest gift, greatest accomplishment. And now we have the studio also. Yeah. 
That is my second baby. (laughs) Yeah. And that is one of the things, and this came to mind as you, you, one of the questions you asked me of like kind of that blank slate that I've had. One thing that was so refreshing coming up here, and I alluded to this earlier, it's like not the grief isn't so heavy. It's not so present every day because I've evolved. I've grown. I think I'm living like this really authentic truth. Um, when I got here, no one knew me. No one knew my story. No one knew the heaviness. I lived in that heaviness every single day because that was like so much of what my story at the time was. That makes sense. So to come up here and to completely begin again, um, I was craving community and connection, especially after like even pre pandemic, but just like to make this feel like home. Um, so I just decided to open a studio, (laughs) um, while I had an infant in my arms, I'm like, it's time. Mm -hmm. There's no better time than to really go for, for it. But, um, yeah, studio soul revival is like a pride and joy. Um, I think it was one of those, like, if you build it, they will come. I think had fingers crossed, like, please come. Um, and they're showing up day after day. Um, the community is so beautiful and so organic and it's so wonderful and humbling as heck. Um, I feel really lucky because it turns out everything that I I was seeking, other people were seeking and we all found each other and yeah, pretty cool. I have such a wonderful team. They just like landed on my doorstep because I'm like, who the heck's going to teach for me? I don't know anybody. Who's going to come to class? I don't know anybody. And then boom, we're a year in and thriving. It's cool. Do you have an example of like how somebody on your team or just like how somebody found the studio that you were just like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two of them Lark. So I have three people that work that teach full, like full-time part-time, but regularly on the schedule, I got, a, I had put posters up in the windows like coming soon. We didn't know when we were opening, but coming soon, call me people. Okay. Mm-hmm. I get a voicemail from a Philadelphia number and I'm like, it's weird. So I play the voicemail and I immediately pause and rewind and put it on speakerphone. And it, it is Larkin who teaches for us at Soul Revival. Thank you, Larkin. I love you so much. But she called and was like, hi, I, my name is Larkin. I just walked by 147 Main Street and I saw, I have the voicemail still saved. I saw that there's a bar and yoga studio coming into town and I teach both bar and yoga and I was located in Philadelphia and I'm like, oh, we're jumping up and down. I was like, someone, no one really knows bar up here. So I was like, somebody knows bar and she teaches bar and yoga. I was like, I can't wait to meet her. And so I called her back the next day and the rest unraveled there. And, um, and she is, she's really gifted and really like a talented, talented educator, really lucky. Um, and then, um, Wendy who teaches for us too, she shot me an email. I think like a local baker had given her my information and she emailed me just to welcome me to town. And then I was like, let's hop on the phone. And I'm like, so when do you want to start teaching? And she's like, Oh, I like, she wasn't even like trying to get a space on the schedule. I was just like, come teach here. And so she did. And she's incredible. And then Allison was, um, she showed up like two days after we opened and just has taken over 300 classes in the last year. Wow. And she's in incredible and teaches both bar and yoga as well. And so she joined us, I want to say like six months ago. Um, so now she's 
she was a community member that became a, a teacher for us. So I feel so lucky. Rockstar, rockstar crew, dependable, authentic, fun. Yeah. Amazing. That's so cool. It's, mm-hmm. you just like, you don't, it's trust again, right? Like you just, you don't know until you know, and you don't know until you put yourself out there. Yeah. And follow My those. Go ahead. No, just follow those pangs of trust. and. Yeah, exactly. And I think like my oldest brother, he's the investor of the project of Soul Revival. And he's like, because I had a lot of fear and a lot of doubt. And I'm like, God, I shouldn't do this. I'm quitting my job. I, you know, whatever. Um, And he goes, worst case in six months, if this doesn't work out, we tried. I'm like, okay. I don't, we're not putting our energy there, but that's the worst case, right? So um, over a year later, it's like to see it all unfold. And when it happens so organically and you're not forcing it and you just trust, I'm literally, um, <laughs> I have a neon sign um, that says trust, like in the cart waiting because mm. I want to put it in the space. But then the other part of me is going to, I like might want to keep that for myself, put that in my office and in the studio have something else. I don't know. We'll see. Keep us posted. Denise, I will. The neon <laughs> sign will be there. It's just depending on where. So, oh, that's really cool. I love that. Like making it tangible. Yeah, Penelope just loves to be involved. Come here, <laughs> sweet. Oh my goodness, so good. This has been so 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 great. Um, I really, just like you and your story and like your intentionality in life has just like always inspired me, and I'm I feel really grateful to share your story with people part of your story. I know there's always so much more. Oh my gosh, right? There's like, I'm like, how deep do we go down this trail? But yeah. it's a gift to be sharing my story, but also I feel so honored you invited me because mm-hmm. I've always, always admired you mm-hmm. and your authenticity and your zest for friggin' life <laughs> and your spontaneity, all of it. All so. Of it. Oh, so grateful for you. Um, do you know your sun, moon, and rising signs in astrology? You know, I'm so bad at this game. Amanda <laughs> Charbonneau, or Amanda Palmer, rather, if you listen to this, I'm so sorry if I disappoint you, but um, I believe my son is Virgo. Okay. You September? Yeah. Okay. And then I think, I know my son is Virgo, and I think my moon is Capricorn. Okay. And I feel like a phony because I feel like as a yoga instructor you're supposed to know these things and I'm like it's just not my jam yeah no I love talking about it but I'm like someone tell me the details and I'll I'll buy into it it's just like it's so I just find it to be so interesting I really like I don't know all of it at all but I just think it's interesting what you don't know your rising sign no. I wonder if it's a fire sign because that's a lot of you got some earth going but you also have this like super like zesty fiery side to you so I really do I'm I really curious do. How do I find that out? I'll look it up for you. Last question. Where, what does finding wilder mean to you? When I hear the words finding wilder, I see you. I just see you beaming. Like, and I think of, like, not necessarily the definition of the word, like word by word, but I, I feel, I mean, look at that smile on your face. Like pure joy. I feel like finding or that coming home to yourself, mm. to the journey. Yeah. I, I feel that. like it's yeah authentic and 
intentional and I keep using all the buzzwords, but I mean them. Damn it. This has been the best. Thank you so much. Where can people find you to connect? Um, you can find me on Instagram, um, at soul revival studio, um, Facebook. I'm on there. Lindsay Beals or soul revival studio. Um, yeah, that's the only way you can find me unless you want to venture up to China, Maine, you know, China, Maine, pop in the studio. Come on down 147 main street in Waterville folks. Come on down. Actually, I'm hosting a day retreat. Ooh, maybe you can come mm-hmm. or be involved. May, Sunday, May 7th um, from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. A day of like soul work and deep inquiry and deep self-care. Mm. It'll be lovely. So I love that. Anyone, it feels like they want to venture north. Mm-hmm. Hey, maybe some people are already up there. You never know. Sure. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. Love you lots. Love you lots. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to another episode of Finding Wilder. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you did, it would mean the world if you leave a review or if you share the podcast episode somewhere in the socials because that's how the world flies these days. Thank you again for being here. If you want to find more about me, my website is MichaelaJean.com, M-I-C-A-Y-L-A-J-E-A-N.com. Find me at Michaela.Jean on Instagram. I have an account with daily channeled messages called Wilder Daily, also on Instagram. And you can find more information about my wedding photography at Photography, also on Instagram. I hope you have the best dang day and we'll see you next time. Bye.